Are Bitcoin miners in danger? Is Solana the visa of cryptocurrencies? And has Cardano woken up from the dead? That and more in the crypto market talk this week. In today's episode, we will talk about Bitcoin with a specific perspective on mining. We will have a look at Ethereum. We'll talk about Chainlink, some interesting partnership happening there. We will look at Cardano, maybe woken up from the dead. And then a quick view onto Polkadot, Solana, Polygon and other scalability solutions for Ethereum. But now let's first start with Bitcoin. We will have a look at this very interesting news. So Bukele's Bitcoin trade raises El Salvador's sovereign credit risk, according to Moody's. As you know, El Salvador has not only invested into cryptocurrency Bitcoin, but also is accepting Bitcoin as legal tender. That means that you can pay with Bitcoin at any shop in El Salvador and the shop actually has to accept it. At the same time, Moody's, the rating agency, is saying, well, that is a bit of a risk because you're investing into a volatile asset. You're even putting them onto the books. So that is a potential risk for us. And we are kind of counting down your credit risk um, when, when it comes to, to the perspective of Moody's, right? But we shouldn't forget Moody's is as well the rating agency that 2007, 2008 was the same rating agency that hasn't really stepped down in terms of the, the ratings for the banks that were actually causing parts of the global financial crisis. So I would take this with a grain of salt. At the same time, again, El Salvador is doing risky business here, but what else can they do? I mean, they, they have gone in all on Bitcoin. It will be quite an interesting experiment. I do hope it works out for them. But at the same time, we will definitely have a look at El Salvador in a couple of months and see whether this whole experiment has been working. Especially the mining part is of interest because worldwide we're having, we're seeing different interesting mining news such as this panic as Kosovo pulls the plug on its energy guzzling Bitcoin miners. So in Kosovo, the energy is actually free for the citizens as kind of a post-Yugoslavia war uh, element. And the, the energy is either very cheap or free and that in turn has caused a lot of bitcoin miners to actually go to kosovo and open up their bitcoin mining operations there now as this has called for some trouble in the state area a lot of people have been complaining that the energy is kind of problematic in kosovo so the state there has decided to pull the plug on there and um, the bitcoin miners are in trouble there they're not just in trouble in kosovo to be fair they're also in trouble in Kazakhstan, which we've talked about in the last couple of weeks as well. So the situation there is quite interesting. Last summer, so 2021, just before the summer, China has declared Bitcoin mining for illegal. So that means it is illegal to mine Bitcoin using energy in China. So that in turn has moved a lot of Bitcoin miners away from China to Kazakhstan and other kind of jurisdictions. Kazakhstan has taken about 20% of the mining or hash power of the Bitcoin network compared to China. A lot of the rest is still in Northern Europe, Northern America, South America, etc. So it will be quite interesting to see because Kazakhstan right now is having geopolitical issues and that in turn will cause kind of 
a bit of uncertainty when it comes to the Bitcoin miners. The question is, what will the miners do? They cannot go to Kosovo, for example. They, they will probably have to move away from Kazakhstan. The US and other parts of Northern Europe are maybe a bit too expensive. So what is left is maybe Southern Europe and Southern America. Now, Southern Europe could be interesting because Spain actually is working on a law in order to bring Bitcoin miners to Spain, obviously also for tax reasons. And that could be a very interesting business model for Bitcoin miners in the future as well. Moving away from the miners, and we will jump right into the chart just in a few seconds, but let's have a look at the Bitcoin options as well. So the headline here says that the shift has come, bulls calling 40,000 the bottom. And kind of looking at the Bitcoin options, it is said that the bottom of 40,000 US dollars was it was that bottom that everyone has been waiting for and that we will increase the price pretty soon. It will be quite interesting. I'm not completely convinced yet, especially considering the kind of mining uncertainty that is going around worldwide. That is still going to be, in my opinion, a big issue for the Bitcoin price. But 40,000 as a bottom, we will have a look at the chart in just a few seconds. Now, another very interesting um, news story here is that Visa survey shows that 24% of small and medium-sized businesses plan to accept crypto payments. So Visa has given out a study where they have um, proven that a lot of people, especially in the SMB space, are looking for options to either accept cryptocurrencies or pay in cryptocurrencies. And the issue right now is that the infrastructure is just not there. So Visa obviously might be interested in potentially giving the SMBs this type of infrastructure and maybe getting a, a, their, their commissions, right? Because if you're banking on the future that the fiat currencies will either die out or have to move on to a different system, then Visa has to be on the forefront of that system in order to keep commissions coming in. Now, having a look at the Bitcoin chart, we can see that the bottom of 40,614 has been reached, was in my opinion also the bottom. So the headline that we've just seen now to me um, is, is very similar. So for me, again, the very interesting area of a potential reinvestment would be the 43,000 US dollar range. And that I have drawn here. According, so if we don't reach this phase and I'm a bit unsure still, again, because of the Bitcoin mining uncertainty, because if another kind of geopolitical headline should come out of Kazakhstan, I would expect the Bitcoin price to drop down again. So I'm not completely convinced that the Bitcoin uncertainty is over yet. But for me, again, the 43,000 US dollar would be an interesting area of reinvestment. Now, let's have a look at Ethereum. Of course, Ethereum is, is most of the time going hand to hand with Bitcoin. And if we look at this article right here, the headline says why Ethereum is a top crypto to own long term. Now, interestingly, the author here, Chris McDonald, is saying that the Ethereum network or the Ethereum infrastructure is essentially decentralized computer for the world. It is 
building the infrastructure for NFTs, for DeFi. So similar arguments that we have brought here on the crypto market talk as well is coming from Chris McDonald here. And he's saying that without Ethereum, you wouldn't have a lot of the crypto infrastructure and the crypto ecosystem. And he's actually true. What he's saying is true, because if you look at the top 100 cryptocurrencies by market capitalization, I would say a majority is either a derivative of Ethereum or is based on Ethereum because it wants to scale on top of Ethereum, etc. Now, previously, considering so 2017, 2018, this was actually close to 90%. So 90% of all coins were some kind of derivative of Ethereum. Nowadays, it's a bit different, but still, Ethereum is still a very important pillar in the crypto ecosystem. So I don't think this will change anytime soon. And that, in turn, is again Chris's uh, argument that Ethereum could be a long-term hold in his perspective. Another thing, or rather a problem, is, of course, the scalability of Ethereum. And he's saying that Ethereum 2.0 is on its way, and that together with proof of stake could potentially solve the problem of Ethereum being kind of this slow, expensive network that cannot scale um, that should be solved with Ethereum 2.0. And we will have a look at potential Ethereum 2.0 scalability solutions or alternatives in a few seconds. But here, another kind of interesting news story, Norton installs an Ethereum crypto miner with its 360 security suite. Now, this is super interesting, especially if you're coming from the, let's say, IT security area. Usually hackers um, are using, let's say, mining software like this to install it on different computers, use the networks to mine cryptocurrency and actually get money from it without the user realizing. And this is super strange that Norton has decided to actually build this into the platform itself. So people's GPUs and computer powers are actually being used to mine cryptocurrency. In this specific case, it's Ethereum. And what we can see is that Norton has its own wallet and that it's earning a, a specific amount of Ethereum. On one side, again, this is a super curious case of why would Norton do something like this, but on the other side, they're using Ethereum. So the demand for Ethereum is actually here and they're not using any kind of other cryptocurrency. They are specifically using Ethereum and that in turn, again, is more on the bullish side. If we look at the chart, I've drawn a Fibonacci sequence here. And again, for me, the really interesting area here is a 4,127. We're far away from that. And we're getting at least higher highs for the moment as long as we can stay in this range. So 3.2 to 3.4, I would say this is actually kind of in, in a more safe area. But for me, the really interesting area starts after 4,000 US dollars. So as long as this doesn't break, for me, the Ethereum trade is more of a midterm to long-term trade because let's be honest here, even though Ethereum might have scalability issues, even though Ethereum might be extremely expensive to trade on, Ethereum is still powering a majority of the crypto infrastructure. And that just won't go away from today to tomorrow. So I would expect this to grow in price with time. Now, Ethereum is trying to get away from proof of work. They are trying to focus on proof of stake. And one platform that has already 
integrated proof of stake is Cardano. We can jump onto a very interesting news story on Nasdaq.com. Cardano is a better bet than Bitcoin and Ethereum right now. And Nasdaq is making the point that a lot of new milestones and new projects are coming onto the Cardano ecosystem, such as Ada Cash and other kind of NFT and DeFi projects kind of projects that we have expected Cardano to perform on and bring, but they haven't really brought anything in the last couple of months. So there was a lot of talk about smart contracts. The smart contracts have launched, yet the DeFi and NFT projects are still out. But at the same time, Nasdaq is making the argument that the Hydra upgrade in order to increase the scalability and make kind of transactions cheaper is also kind of in the works and it would be a bet on Cardano's future. So technically, if you believe that Cardano is able to pull in NFTs and DeFi projects, then that would mean that Cardano is actually a good investment. Speaking of NFTs, we can have a look at this metaverse project called Pavia. Now, Pavia is a virtual land project, very similar to Decentraland and Sandbox on Ethereum. And what is really interesting here is that 100,000 virtual land plots are for sale right now. And as of this recording, 60% of these 100,000 land plots have already been sold. And that's quite impressive if you think that on Cardano, there's not a lot of NFT and DeFi stuff going on. So in my opinion, this is actually not too bad. And I would expect this to maybe kind of slowly but surely start a hype on Cardano. For me right now, Cardano is still kind of in the I'm not completely convinced area. Also, if we look at the chart, we can see here that the area that I've drawn here, it just shows that the market is a bit more bullish on Cardano than usual. But let's be let's be completely honest. We have seen patterns like this in the past where the Cardano chart has jumped from today to tomorrow in this area. So and it has already always, always kind of followed by a small correction. And that kind of makes me a bit wary. I'm not completely convinced yet, but at the same time we can make the argument that the trend line here the downward trend line it has been broken so technically we could say yeah we're in the clear and for me the next kind of important area would be the 173 uh, baseline now the bottom in turn for me is the one US dollar line because if we look at the kind of chart from last year pretty much the entirety of last year it has stayed above one US dollar and that in turn means that the bottom of one US dollar seems to hold quite significantly well so for me this right now if you want to invest if you believe in the NFT and DeFi future of Cardano this could be an interesting investment for at least until 173 and after that I think we need to reevaluate the chart a little bit. Let's have a look at Chainlink, a very interesting partnership with the football player Des Bryant, who is using Chainlink to create dynamic sports NFTs. Now, he is saying that during um, during his, his, his playing an NBA video game, he was thinking, why aren't the players inside the game or outside the game changing or their worth changing in turn of their performance? So let's say if you perform really well in the game, that kind of the, the specific stats would change as well. And he's using Chainlink and kind of 
bring this partnership together in order to say, okay, if a player, if a football or a basketball player, for example, is performing really well in the real world, that in turn should also make his NFT in the virtual world a bit worth a bit more. And that is quite an interesting thought. And I think this could actually work. And of course, he's using Chainlink because Chainlink is this kind of source or project that has a lot of different um, sources that they tapping for uh, additional data. Again, Chainlink is the platform with the best partnerships in the crypto space, in my opinion. But if we look at the chart, I'm not completely convinced yet, right? So we are still looking at this rather choppy chart, in my opinion. We are seeing, of course, kind of here the divergence of the two trend lines. But for me, this is not completely out of the woods yet, right? We have kind of left behind this lower area. Here, this range is quite interesting. So between uh, 23 and 29 US dollars is still an interesting range. But I want to see what is happening here. Will it really break through the trend line? Because let's be honest, if it does break this trend line, this could actually go to 30s and the 40s back to kind of to the mid range of Chainlink. But if it doesn't, I would expect this to even go down a bit further and maybe even break the lower trend line. But again, if you believe that the partnerships of Chainlink are that good, then maybe this could be quite an interesting investment. Now let's have a look at a platform called QuickSwap. Now what is QuickSwap? QuickSwap is essentially the alternative or let's say equivalent of Uniswap but specifically for Polygon. Now um, QuickSwap was founded by someone who has played around with Polygon with Matic a lot and the interesting part here is that Polygon as a platform is an L2. So that means L1 technology kind of the layer one is Ethereum and on top of that you would build kind of additional scalability solutions such as Polygon is doing right now and I believe that platforms like QuickSwap are kind of telling us something about the underlying technology so if the TVL so the total value locked of a platform like QuickSwap is increasing I would expect the demand for Polygon to increase as well and that in turn would then mean that Polygon as a price could then increase as well. So you can have a look at these different decentralized exchanges built on the different platforms or let's say infrastructures and if they increase in terms of TVL you could kind of assume that the price of the underlying asset would increase as well. And if we look at the chart here I draw a Fibonacci sequence here and what we can see here a very interesting area is of course the 2.5 US dollar line and again like Polygon has been so close to the all-time highs I would expect this to go up if we assume that platforms like QuickSwap will increase in TVL as well. Don't forget that platforms such as Uniswap also switch to Polygon as well. So they have integrated Polygon. So if you want to make a trade on the Uniswap network, but with cheaper fees and much, much faster, you can actually do that with Polygon, as I've mentioned in a previous crypto market talk. Now, speaking about scalability, a very interesting statement has come out last week from the Bank of America saying that Solana might be the visa of the digital asset ecosystem and they are making the argument that Solana is very fast, it's very cheap, it can scale quite easily 
but it's not as decentralized, for example, as Ethereum. Now, the big question, of course, is does it need to be decentralized? If you think about Solana becoming something like a Visa, it actually doesn't need to be decentralized at all. It just needs to be fast and cheap. And very interestingly, it could potentially get to the tens of thousands transactions per second if you look at the technology. But at the same time, if you ask someone from Visa, this is also a super interesting statement. Visa has actually gone out and said uh, the following statements. True cryptos aren't fast enough for purchase transactions. The cost of doing a transaction using a fiat currency on the Visa network is minuscule compared to the cost of Bitcoin and Ether. Now, the Visa spokesperson didn't talk, of course, about Solana, meaning that Solana might actually be quite an interesting kind of uh, investment opportunity if you look at the transaction speed and the scalability. But at the same time, what is really interesting is that the main money flow into the Solana ecosystem is coming from NFTs. So there are new NFT projects on the Solana ecosystem, and I would believe this to increase just with time as well. If we look at the chart, we can see the following. So the kind of lower lows, this area that I've drawn last week, we have kind of... um, went through and and broken out of it and the new really interesting area for me right now is between 140 and 160. So as long as it ranges in that line I would stay kind of on the sideline if it breaks towards the upside I would say this could be an interesting trade if it breaks towards the downside I think we have to reevaluate where the bottom could actually be for Solana because the bottom seems to hold up in the 120-130 range but it could of course with this bitcoin mining news and and just general bad news about cryptos this could actually mean trouble for solana as well and before we end a really interesting story here t systems mms is supporting blockchain ecosystem polkadot so this news has actually come out and uh, just before christmas last year and an interesting part is that the t system mms so it's a company it's not the mms technology similar to sms but they are participating with their infrastructure in the polkadot ecosystem Um, A daughter company of the Deutsche Telekom is actually buying the DOT token. So they are investing into Polkadot directly and they are kind of investing and looking for secure communication between blockchains. And this is for me actually quite big news. I would expect this to make bigger waves than it has, to be honest. So this is actually a news where we can see a corporate company has actually invested into a cryptocurrency or a crypto project. And this is quite big news. If we look at the chart, the chart is not really faced by it. Quite interesting, though, if we draw a Fibonacci here, we can see that the bottom right now at at around 26 US dollars has actually hit at the exact area area of the Fibonacci sequence. Again, very similar to um, the chain link price. For me, these two trend lines are of interest for me. I want to see where this is going. I want to see what the development of Polkadot in the coming weeks can be. Again, this for me is more of a midterm to long-term investment opportunity, especially considering that the all-time high prices is around 52 US dollars. So I would expect this to go on for a bit longer before we can actually reach the all-time highs on Polkadot. That was it from the crypto market talk this week. Don't forget to subscribe to this channel and I will see you on the next market talk next week. (laughs) 